When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So much to unpack today. Jay Williams. Molly. Christopher Madden. Yes, they are, Molly. How are you today? Steven. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Molly. Hi, everybody. We have a lot to talk about. Clearly, we're starting in the NBA, but don't worry, plenty of NFL as well. Anyone else, anything one wants to get off their chest? Oh, we're going. Okay. It's gone. Warriors Draymond Green was ejected for the third time this season after a flagrant foul. The foul occurred with 8.23 left in the third quarter in Phoenix. When Green swung at Yusuf Nurkic in the head while defending him, Green will await a league office review for the possibility of another suspension. He was banned five games after putting Rudy Gobert in a headlock on November 14th. Here's Dre and Nurkic on what went down. As you know, I'm not one to apologize for things I meant to do, but I do apologize to you, sir, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Uh, I sell calls with my arms. I don't fall or to sell a call. I don't, I'm not a flopper. So I was just selling the call because he was grabbing me and pulling my hip back. So I spun away, and unfortunately, I hit him. What's going on with him? I don't know. Personally, I feel like that brother needed help. I'm glad he not tried to choke me, but at the same time, and not to do with basketball, man. Like I'm just out there trying to play basketball, you know. They're swinging. Out there trying to play basketball. All right. Uh, following his third ejection of the season, Draymond Green has now been ejected a total of 18 times in his regular season career, the second most by any player in the last 25 seasons. He only trails Rasheed Wallace's 25 during that span. Who wants to take it first? First of all, you, 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 yeah, you go, Judge. I, I'm the harsh guy, though. You want me to do it? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm the harsh guy on this show. Do you want to go for Because I'm curious to get your perspective sure, on this sure, first. No yes. So let me end this speculation. <sighs> Draymond Green is going to get suspended for about 10 games, minimum. It's coming. I hope you brace yourself. I love Draymond. Can't excuse it. He apologized. I can respect that. That was a flagrant, too. He definitely should have been ejected. But we all know what's going to come down. We know that the league office is going to meet this morning. I can tell you right now, through my sources, they're meeting as we speak. Right now. Right now, doggy. They're meeting right now. This is not going to be a Joe Dumas decision. This is not going to be uh, just a committee decision. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the National Basketball Association, is going to be directly involved with the decision that comes down involving Draymond Green. He's been warned on numerous occasions. Um, I went off about how some of it I thought over the years has been unfair, but nevertheless, his reputation is his reputation. He was warned on numerous occasions. He was suspended five games already this year, and now here we are with this. They are going to bring the hammer down. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to say this, and I hope Draymond is watching this. The worst thing that could have possibly happened, believe it or not, to Draymond Green was that sound from Nurkic. When a player mm-hmm. sits there and says, quote, 
I don't know what's wrong with them. They're trying to imply you have a problem. And there's nobody in the position to disagree with Nurkic. He's the one that got hit. He sat up there and joked, I'm glad he didn't choke me. Now, to me personally, it makes me uncomfortable to hear stuff like that because you're talking about anger management issues and you're saying, I'm glad he didn't choke me, and then you're saying that's not a part of the game, and you say, I don't know what's wrong with him. Unfortunately, on this particular day, I can't imagine a soul that's in a position to protect Draymond Green, to defend him, I'm sorry, not protect him, defend him. I can't. Nobody can. He can come up with whatever explanation he wants. And I'm not saying because I would never call Draymond a liar, okay, because I think he's as honest as they come. But it doesn't matter. Appearances matter. What we witnessed mattered. And you dropped them. And so you know what they're going to do. You know what's coming next, right? Mm -hmm. That drop is going to be compared to the Jordan Poole drop and the practice video that we were never supposed to see. And all of these things are going to be used as ammunition to accentuate and buffer the point that this is a repeat, repeat, repeat offender, that he has very serious problems, and that the NBA needs to come down on him. That's what they're going to say. And there is nobody that could come to Draymond Green's at defense at this particular moment. Joe Dumas in the league office, like I said, they're meeting right now. I don't know what the suspension is. I can guarantee you there's going to be a suspension. Mm-hmm. And I believe, I believe it's going to be a very, very hefty one. So now, in totality, if he gets suspended, he would have paid $3 million in suspension fines to the league. $3 million throughout the course of his career. By the way, that's, that's, that's after, you know, that's before. I mean, that means $6 million. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> his tax. That's unbelievable, though. Right? I'm glad you brought but think that about that. Um, you know, when we had the chokeout incident with Rudy Gobert, I came on the show and I said I thought it deserved a 10-game suspension. I disagree with and you. And you disagree with yes. me. Because I want to take a hard stance. I get tired of people being Draymond Green apologists or enabling that type of behavior. And one of the things that's critical for me when it comes to Draymond, I actually think it should be 15 to 20 games. We'll see where it's going to be, whether that's 10, 15, or 20. I'm just speculating. I'm just Agreed? saying I think it's going to be a minimum of 10. Okay. It's also how you follow things up. So, you know, after the first incident with Rudy Gobert, I and mean, we didn't get back to the Demonis Sabonis stomp on his chest, but after Rudy Gobert – He said the consensus amongst all of us is that I'm going to be me no matter what. And that's not going to change. Stephen A., when I listened to him in the postgame presser after this incident again where he says, oh, this is just bad luck. It wasn't bad luck. You intentionally hit the man in the face. I'm a huge Draymond Green fan. I understand how imperative he is to the Golden State Warriors, a team that's struggling. And by the way, they've had a hell of a uh, a record against teams 500 or better. I think they played, you know, four teams who have been sub 500 over the last 23 games. It's been incredible. I understand how important he is, but to me, like it has to be a very, very firm hand on him, because it seems to me that it doesn't matter what the league's policy is on him. He, j- it feels to me that he feels entitled. Stephen A. He comes across as entitled, as if, okay, well I did it. You know, I don't really apologize for things I don't really mean to do, but you know, I guess I'm apologizing, but that was, wasn't intentional. It was bad luck. And, it, and the relationship with Joe Dumars, I'm glad you said it goes above Joe Dumars. 
And I think Joe Dumars is great at his job. But that relationship, it, it feels like Joe Dumars needs to be recused from that decision-making on it because of their relationship. Because Draymond's called Joe Dumars a father figure. Yeah, but before. that doesn't, and I, 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 that doesn't I'm mean just, that Dumars has any agreed. problem making the decision. Agree. Okay. But perception is reality, right? But it and, depends. If he, I mean, you got to give you, I mean, he, he, what if he suspends him 20 games? Okay. You see what I'm saying? I'm I, just, saying. I just, I, I, to me, right. it doesn't feel like there's been a firm hand on the way Draymond has been handled throughout the course of time. You know, it's funny. I can't get into Draymond. I've had enough. Ten games, I think he's what he's going to get. He got five last time. If I want to give him 20, I'm okay with it. I've had enough of it. This has gone on. Every time you turn around, there's an issue with Draymond Green. It drives you crazy. You know what I find funny? Steve Kerr was moaning and groaning with Phil Jackson for years and years and years when Oakley, Xavier McDaniel, and Mason were banging up the Bulls, and now he's coaching Draymond and Dumars. And I know he wasn't part of it because he was a good pro and he was a clean pro, but he was on one of the nastiest, rugged teams in the history of NBA basketball who did a lot of rough things, you know, Lame Beer, Mayhorn, those are Isaiah, those guys, Rodman, those were rough teams. And now he's making a call on Draymond. You got to admit, it is funny. Yeah, and you have to admit, that's the wrong guy that should be making a decision when he was on one of the most rugged, nastiest, dirtiest teams in the history of the NBA. And don't forget Kerr. He was on, how many times did you sit at Madison Square Garden with him moaning and groaning about how the Knicks are banging around Jordan and banging around the poor Bulls right. in those classic series? Kerr was. And now he's He's sitting there coaching Green, trying to make excuses of it. Boy, you need him to be great. He's got to learn how to channel it. Steve, how about saying, you know what, this is completely unacceptable, and I, I don't want him on a team if he's going to continue to act like this. How about him putting the hammer down, and maybe he'll clean up his act a little bit. Green can be great without the nonsense. Why the nonsense? Why does this happen constantly? And a Gobert thing happened when the play was over. This was ridiculous. He's yelling at officials left and right. He's getting technicals. Oh, I've had enough. Why I have do, had enough. Why do you think it happens, and how do you think his teammates feel? Well, listen, I think that he's the enforcer for the team, no question. Um, and I think that when you're out on the court and you're in battle, you know, you're going, people are doing some things and you want to do something back and what have you. And then not only that, with Steph Curry as your teammate, the greatest shooter that God ever created and what he brings to the table, you're going to have people to look at it. But you know what? At the end of the day, there is no way to slice this. He doesn't seem in control. It's just that simple. You can't, unless, unless it's intentional, okay? Unless it's intentional, you're out of control. We've gotten to that point with Draymond. Listen, you know me. You know how I feel about the brother. I would look for any excuse that I could to defend him because I believe in him character-wise. But his actions have sullied all of that. There's no way around this. The, the, the reality is he seems like he is out of control, and I hate that. And I'm height, and my level of sensitivity heightens even more so as a black man because I, last time they were bringing up anger management issues, and that just pissed me off, you understand, because I don't like giving credence to stuff like that. But when one incident after another after another happens, the reality is, is that somebody like Jay Williams comes along, man, you have a good point, bro. And I, I, nobody, nobody, nobody can argue with Jay Williams at this particular moment in time with what he's saying because he has the evidence to back it up. There's a preponderance of evidence against Draymond Green. Now, 19th ejection of his career. Only Rashid Wallace, Wallace. has more in yeah. NBA history. Yeah. In NBA history, there's yep. only one man that has more ejections than Draymond Green. J and Draymond, and by the way, Rasheed Wallace was never known for that. 
he was known for arguing with, with the refs. Mm -hmm. With exactly. the officials. And that's what would get him ejected. Exactly. There, wasn't, different. there wasn't these incidences with Rashid Wallace. Yeah. Jay, here's what I want to know for you. You played in the league. How should his teammates feel about this? Oh, they should be troubled by it. I mean, I understand that he protects Steph and Clay, but after a while, you're like, man, you're doing this to the detriment of the team. So that brings a, 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 a bigger issue. And, Doggy, you know, I know you're a baseball guy. Remember, like, with the MLBPA when they were talking about uh, players with steroids and they were saying, hey, on one hand, they were defending some of the players who had steroid use while they were also apologizing to the players who were clean at the same time. Right, exactly. And at one point, it got to a certain prediction where it was like, hey, okay, like, I have to defend the players who are clean. So that's the question I ask the league. Are you defending the players? Are you protecting the players who don't act that way? Because now you have three. You have DeMontis Sabonis, you have Rudy Gobert, and now you have Yusuf Nurkic. Wow. So you have to protect the players who are actually playing the game right. the right way, right. most importantly. And then secondly, I'll say this. The last one with Rudy Gobert was damn near four weeks ago, Stephen A. I lost my mom. I had a, moment, a lapse of judgment. You and I had a serious-ass conversation. I got calls from a lot of executives. It was like, yo, what are we doing? Imagine if I went on TV four weeks later and had a different, a, a, another lapse of judgment. What would happen to me? So I think you've got a lot of people out here saying, well, wait a second. Repercussions are real for people. I know it was real for me. I know it's real for people like you, real for all of us. But why does it feel like it's not real for a guy like Draymond Green? Why does it feel like Draymond Green is above well, are you ready what everybody else Are you has ready to go for this through? one? Yes. Since you want to go there, let's go there. What about Steph Curry? You are, the, you are the leader. If this were a teammate of LeBron James, we'd be asking, LeBron, what you going to do about it? Even though LeBron isn't the one that did something like that. We would have been asking. We would have been pointing to his leadership. We have been pointing to the incredible role model that he is, the leader, the champion, the kind of impact and influence that he has. And we lean on all of those things to say LeBron, 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 even if it had nothing to do with LeBron. But somehow, some way, we never asked that question about the babyface assassin who's the greatest shooter on the planet Earth, who's a four-time champion and a two-time league MVP, who, by the way, is class personified, and I can't think of a greater role model really? than Steph Curry. Why is it that we would hold LeBron James to that standard but wouldn't hold Steph Curry to that standard? Because if I'm Steph Curry and that's my teammate, my attitude would be, you have any idea how much we need you? You have any idea how important you are to this team? You realize that when you get ejected and you get suspended, you realize the kind of damage that that does to us? What the hell are you doing? Remember the fight at the Garden between the Knicks and the Miami Heat when, when, when Jeff Van Gundy was grabbing Alonzo Mourning's leg? Mm -hmm. What? After Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson had gotten into it. Pat Riley gets in the middle of all of that, helps breaks it up, and then Pat Riley is walking off the court with Alonzo Mourning, and what is he saying to him? Do you realize what you have done? Do you realize what you have done? Because he knew that a suspension was coming down the pike. I'm just saying, yeah, I, leaders, leaders, if something happened on this show, who's not going to hear from me? Somebody going to hear from hear me. From you know what I'm saying? Leaders got to speak up. And so what I'm saying is if we would require it of everybody else. Why hasn't Curry said why that? Hasn't, why hasn't Publicly. it been required yeah, of Steph Curry? Good point. I'm talking about the requirement. The requirement. The asking of Steph Curry. Well, why not? Why yeah. hasn't he said something? Well, I'm saying who knows that he probably said something Personality privately. Doesn't but he probably said something privately. But, you know. No, he'll definitely say something privately. privately. But I'm talking about the public, public. demand yeah, yeah. that would be placed on others. Right. Somehow, some way, we don't do that with Steph Curry. Oh, you're right. Who See, is Jay? The quintessential Can I ask you a real, sure. a, a real question. Yeah. So when I hear the word 
it bothers me for a lot of the same sentiments that you said as a black person in the anger management issues. Is there really a problem? There, the word problem, when Yersef Nokic said it, stuck out to me. If you're repeatedly told that your behavioral patterns have led to the detriment of your team and it's missed games, but you, you choose to neglect it, isn't that a problem? That's fair. I can tell you that whenever I talk to Draymond, I never, I mean, he is a He's brilliant. super smart. He's a brilliant That's brother. That's my point. Good people. Talk to him. Doggy, you sit down there and you talk to him. He's one of the most, he's one of the most wonderful people to talk to. He gets it, et cetera, et cetera. And then yep. he's on the court and something different happens. Well, we'll now, see. super smart. If this potential something like a but, 10 but, game suspension comes down. But you, you have to be, you know him. You two know him, and the average fan doesn't. That's right. So I can't evaluate him while he's That's the nicest fair. guy in the world. That's I fair. have to evaluate him on what he does on the basketball court, and I can't take it. But you can't evaluate him on the basketball court because his basketball IQ is oh, off I agree the charts. No, so his behavior. But that's my point. His behavior. If your basketball IQ is off the charts, but yet you keep making the same mistake, that seems to be a problem. Which is why we're evaluating them. I mean, we're saying what we're saying. We just, we're just acknowledging we take no pleasure in saying it. You understand? Because we do know him. But I'm telling you right now, I know him well. I cannot defend this. I cannot defend this. You cannot let this – for this okay. to happen again. All right. We got to leave it there. Jay, thank you so much. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score beatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Right now, the NFL can't defend the Dallas Cowboys. Don't look now, but they're first in the NFC East, sitting pretty at 10-3. and three. Dak's the MVP frontrunner, and they just beat down Philly. Jerry Jones, how you feeling? What is your greatest reason for optimism that this year is going to be different? I really think that uh, uh, Dak playing uh, the way he's playing um, uh, in coordination with uh, what Mike's wanting uh, it to be on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they have a little different perspective when they're calling the plays on offense if they're the coordinator as well. And it's more complimentary. And I think we're getting the benefit of that. 
Kimberly A. Martin hello, in the hello. building. Hey, I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. It's really just been a week, so clearly we miss you. Uh, I will get to you. Do you, do you miss? Did you miss me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to see. It's good. Hi, Hi where, where were you this week? What game? Cleveland. <laughs> I was in Cleveland. Jags, yeah, Jags. Hey, you had a good game. You had a good I, game there. Flacco, playing Flacco. great. They really, Elite. really, they really, really, the ESPN, they could, they could send her to a couple of warm weather cities. Always. Yeah. Cleveland, I mean, Baltimore. Damn. Baltimore. Damn. That's fine. Where she ever goes. They, they could, well, she does such do a good that. job that that's the why the they want her to keep division. going. Yeah. 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 The most they, they could exactly. do that. They could do that. That was Stephen A. They sent him out to Arizona. Let him do the Cardinals. Yeah. And the warm weather. Me? Soft folks. All right. So. Uh, Mad Dog, I want to start with yes. you. Is this season considered a success for Dallas if they lose the NFC Championship Absolutely. game? Absolutely. Absolutely. If they lose to San Francisco in a tight NFC title game, and that would mean they probably would have to beat Philly to get there, you have to give them credit. Now, remember, they may not play San Francisco in the championship game. So the better question really is this. This is what I did with that man about last week. Mm -hmm. If that, Because right now they're going to play San Francisco in the first round. Yeah. So if Dallas went to San Francisco in the divisional round and lost a great classic game, are you going to give them a break? Or are you going to say it's not in the championship game? Because I think you've got to make a little differential between San Francisco and championship game. If they lost to the 49ers, that's the way the better way to ask it. Yeah. Sam, if they <laughs> lost to the 49ers in a close big game, no matter what the round, are you okay with it as a fan? And I would be. Okay. Well, that's the difference between me and Mad Dog Russo. Oh no. No, 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 no. This Super Bowl of bust, baby. Uh, this is America's team. This is a nine billion dollar franchise. This is Jerry World. This is the yacht. This is the helicopter. This is the star on the helmet. And at midfield, this is the billion-dollar playpen with the big jumbotron. I mean, years and years and decades and damn near centuries from now, when we're long gone, that's the new version of the Roman Coliseum, baby. You understand? This is what we're talking about. It's Jerry World, all right? All right. This is, this is the franchise that's worth $4 billion more than anybody else. The one with the most nationally televised games. The one, the, the, the one with the MVP candidate at the quarterback spot with the coach that's resurrected himself once thought of to be archaic and beyond, and all of a sudden he's leading the top-rated offense, throwing the football 56% of the time compared to 44% of the time. You lost Trayvon Diggs as your quarterback. And still, you got one of the top defenses in the National Football League. You got a brother in Micah Carson's. That is Micah Parsons. That's the modern-day LT, Lawrence Taylor. He's not Lawrence Taylor. There is no one Lawrence. There's only one. But the modern-day dude, we got Demarcus Lawrence sticking out his chest, talking about, yeah, yeah, we coming. We going to come for more. He's going to stop you. We seeing all of this. All of this, okay? And then all of a sudden, we going to get to the NFC Championship game, and you nosedive? Oh, hell to the no. Steven. Hell to the no. It's Super Bowl on bus. Steven. Stick out your chest. I told Demarcus Lawrence, keep that same energy. Please keep the same, keep please the same intensity. Keep the same intensity. Same intensity. They remember what Michael Irvin said. Keep the same intensity. Oh, yes. I ain't no damn no the NFC Championship game, and we lose. But, wow, what a wonderful season. Did you know that Jerry Jones touched 80? Did you know that? 
that my Libra buddy, my Libra buddy, that man Jerry Jones, my buddy right there. Did you know that he right. sat up there and he said that birth certificate is collecting a little bit too much dust? I'm running out of time, people. I need you to get it done. Oh, no, no, no. There ain't no Steven. NFC championship game birth. Steven. That's Super Bowl. That's Super Bowl. I see what you're doing. No, no, no. I'm just like telling it. you. I see what you're doing, and I don't like it. Oh. The same man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just try. See, you're yeah, trying yeah. to set the expectations so high. That, so that, if yeah. they run into the 49ers and lose, what, what? you come I in here. I expect to lose. Amula. I expect them to lose. Jerry's team couldn't be and win the big game. I expect them to lose. This is a, this is a Dallas team, 2017, right. no playoffs, right. 2018, right. Right. lost in the division round, 2020 mm. and 2019, no playoffs. Right. Now we are saying, oh, they got. Since when is it Super Bowl or bust? This oh. season? stop it, stop it, stop it. It is, it is. coming into the season. It is. We didn't know what the Cowboys. We had them a top like. three team in the NFC. Did we not? And that's top what they are. Three. We had them a top three team in the NFC. We said uh, uh, top three team 49ers, in the NFC. 49ers, Eagles, Lions, and, and Cowboys. No, no, Cowboys. Lions were not. You were, you were, are you going to say you, what you said? I, I just said the Lions were ahead of the Cowboys. Is that what you were saying? I just want to know what you thought because you not were not talking. You were not talking. Let me tell you something right now. You were not complimenting of the Cowboys. Excuse and me. all of a sudden, I see. I watch. I'm seeing right, what you're right, doing. Right, you know, you're setting them up because yes, you think they're going to fail. That's what oh, you're doing, I and I don't like will. it. I, I don't like it because oh, Wayne so Dakota has been playing Wayne so Dakota, well. Dakota, he does not need. He does not need you to build them up just to try to kick the legs out from under them. No. This is a team that, where we understand that. the ultimate goal of every that. team is to win a Super Bowl. There are probably six teams that could theoretically, legitimately win the Super Bowl every oh, year, right? Lord. They they are a talented team, Steven. But to act like they need They're to go talented. from losing talented. in the wild card round to all of a sudden they got to win the Super Bowl, that is not fair. Can I ask y'all a question? That's not fair. Can I ask y'all a question? Well, first of all, Fear's a place where they judge pigs. It doesn't exist. My boy Jeff Brown says that all the time. That's uh-huh. number one. Number two, 45 number, seconds. Number, number two, um, who's the face of the Dallas Cowboys? Dak Prescott. No, it isn't. Jerry Jones. It's Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. No. It's Jerry For Jones. me, it's Dak. It's Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Jones. Jerry Jones is the first to tell you he run out of time. Now, I hope he lives a long, long time. That's mm-hmm. my buddy right there. Mm-hmm. But he's running out of time in his mind. Mm-hmm. And so the level of urgency kicks in. He ain't doing all of this to get to some NFC championship game for the first time since 1995. Better than the Cowboys. That's not according to Jerry Jones. Don't feel that way. He don't feel that way. He don't feel that way. I said that, and he's gonna find out how wrong he is. But that's neither here nor there. It doesn't negate the fact that walking into the season, Kimberly's trying to change the narrative, and shame on you for letting her get away with it. It was the Eagles, the 49ers. And the Cowboys, those were the three teams. And we said all of the, the Super Bowl appearance will come down to one of those three. You're going to get it you, done or not? You have the, you gonna get you it done or not? the Cowboys to be in the Super Bowl this year, preseason? Did you pick the Cowboys to be in the Super Bowl? I have never picked exactly. the Cowboys to be in the Super Bowl, so all and of a sudden, I never now, would. Now, all and of a sudden, if they don't would. reach the Super Bowl, it's a bust. It's a bust. It's a bust. The season's right, a bust. I got to go. Season's a bust. By the way, can Jerry relax? He's not Audie Murphy. McCarthy with the appendicitis. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV 
is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Good day. Welcome back to First Take, coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17 in New York City. Thank you for being with us. Let's go to Sunday night. The Ravens currently have the one seed in the AFC and playing prime time when they travel to Jacksonville to face Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, who are hanging on to the top spot in the AFC South. Meanwhile, another 10-3 and team, the Eagles, who are coming off back-to-back losses, hit the road to play the Seahawks. That one in Seattle. Philly uh, still looking to take the NFC East and potentially the one seed in the NFC. It's a special Wednesday, not just because obviously Wednesday means Mad Dog. We got an extra day of Jeff Saturday. Yeah, yeah. How about With Mad that? Dog. How about that, Jeffrey? That's what I'm talking about. Well, that North Carolina team collapsed. I've been killing them on oh. that. Oh, oh my yeah. God. We starting with that? Oh, yes, by we way, are. By the way, since y'all brought up North Carolina, can I just take one little schmidt yes. moment and give love to my— UConn? I, I flew down to oh. Carolina to see my boy, uh, my former teammate in Winston-Salem, Monte Ross, is the new coach, basketball coach at North Carolina A&T. So I went down there, surprised him with my buddies from college. So we went to see him, and he was coaching against Lavelle Moton, the North Carolina Central coach. Yep. Me and CP3 did a docu-series on him. We EP the docu-series on him a few, a couple of years back. Why not us on ESPN2? So. I was seeing them both last night. Want to show them both love. And wish them bait. Wish good. them nothing but the best moving forward. HBCUs in the house. And, and got back for work. Yes, I did. The different money, dog. Uh, he didn't different take, money, he, dog. He, he, okay, he okay. wasn't okay. on a plane this morning. Right, Jeff, <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, exactly right. Jeff, tell me this: <laughs> Who's more likely to lose this week? Do you think it's the Ravens or the Eagles? I'm gonna go Eagles here. And listen, this is a sneaky tough game for the Eagles, right? Coming off to. You know, beatdowns, really, when you talk about San Francisco and the Cowboys and what, what has happened. But the Seahawks, I think the Seahawks have beat them seven times or six times in a row. Um, and, and the Seahawks play these tough kind of games, right? Like they they make them, they can make them ugly. The defense can play well. You know, all of a sudden, whether it's Geno, if he's healthy, or, or Locke with, with, with Metcalf or Lockett, like they can just make enough happen. Walker can make plays. And the Eagles' defense gives me pause right now. They really need to have – listen, they, these are four get-right games for the Eagles. They got the Giants twice, I think the Cardinals, but they start off with the Seahawks. They, this is a must-win for these guys. And so I would tell you the pressure will be on them. But if I'm looking at the Ravens, 
the Ravens right now look much, much more complete to me in, in totality than the yeah. Eagles at this point in the season. You make total sense. I'm just, I'm just more inclined to believe that the Ravens would lose this week. I think they've been running. They, they've been on a high. They've managed to overcome some of the doldrums and pull out a, a few games. The Philadelphia Eagles were doing the same thing up until the last two weeks going against the 49ers and, the, and obviously the Cowboys, so that's problematic for them. I'm looking at Jacksonville. You got, uh, you, you know, you've got a, a pretty damn good defense. Your defense is tied for, the, for first in the NFL with forced and 24 turnovers. Yep. We'll see what you're able to do there. I know that Trevor Lawrence is dealing with a high ankle sprain. We've got all of that going on. But in the end, I think that there's a level of desperation with the Philadelphia Eagles because they've lost the last two weeks. Whereas with the Baltimore Ravens, you're on a high. You've got a two-game cushion in the AFC North. You watched Miami struggle the it way moves. that they did. You know, um, you, you, you see Houston struggle, obviously, with C.J. Stroud and his health. Justin Herbert is out for, with the Chargers. The Chiefs lost the game. You look throughout the AFC, and there's no panic in most places. There's not a level of urgency if you're the Baltimore Ravens, and I believe there mm. is a level of urgency with the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's why I give the Ravens a better chance of losing this weekend than I would give the Eagles of losing. 100% right. I'm with Steve on that. Sorry, Jeff. I think the Ravens can afford a loss only because of the fact they got a game lead. And remember, they also can lose to San Francisco on Christmas night because they get Miami at home, Right. and if they beat Miami at home, they're going to get tiebreak. Right. So you got to keep that in mind. Ravens have a little cushion right now, and the Eagles have no cushion. Yeah. Because if the Eagles lose one more game, they can kiss away the division, and they'll be in Dallas's scenario where they got to play all these road games. So as a result of that, I understand Seattle will be pesky. They've lost four in a row. Right. They're due to play a pretty good game at home. I would think the Eagles will figure out a way with a sense of urgency to win the game more so than the Ravens. And remember, the Jaguars are better than the Seahawks. Yeah. So they're no, both on a road. Sure. Sense of urgency for the Eagles, and the Jaguars are better than Seattle. So I think the Ravens will probably end up losing. Well, they could lose the game. The only thing I will say, and I I get the whole cushion thing, what I will say about what I felt with the Ravens, even and I know they went on a a walk-off punt return, which is craziness, right? But you saw – I thought Lamar and the Ravens as a whole really took a step forward against the Rams, right? Like he matched, went one for one, right? Back and forth and kind of matched the Stafford and kind of going back and forth. My issue with the Eagles right now is, first of all, explosive plays. They had like 41 last year. This time they have one. They're, they're plus one in their margin. So they're, getting, they're not making explosive plays, and they're giving up too many. The thing for the Seahawks is they're a shot team. Whether it's Metcalf, whether it's Lockett, like whether it's Walker, they have some shot players. The Eagle, and, and you're right, the Eagles got to play with urgency. But I think they played with urgency last week, and they still didn't. Mean, now, the Seahawks' offense and the Cowboys' offense are two totally different things. I'm not trying to compare them. But I think, like I'm saying, I just think the Seahawks have – they got mm. that, that little bit about them that, that doesn't – does it, it's not a great matchup, I would say, for the Eagles. A long flight in Seattle. Still's in the playoff scenario. Now, listen, I didn't think – I watched it and bet it. I did not think that the Ravens played that well last week. No, okay. but they found a way. Absolutely. Rams outplayed them. Should have won a game, okay. the Rams. But they found a way. And that, that's what I like. Because, because to your point, that, that's what's been the issue for the Ravens is in these tight games. When they blow people out, they blow the doors off. But when they fight these good ones like the Colts losing those type of games, that's what I thought was going to happen with the Rams. But they found a way. I was impressed with that. Two favors. When you bet, please use ESPN bet. And also, it's time to upgrade those glasses. Let's get you like the glasses. No, no, no. no you, you got, you got like those at CVS, two for one. 
Oh, Let's my. get to the Ravens' oh, longtime rival, the Steelers. Those are readers, I know, because I wear them. Are reeling, losers of two straight, and Mike Tomlin yesterday called wide receiver George Pickett's sideline behavior a problem. Tomlin is yet to have a losing season in Pittsburgh, which is unbelievable. But that streak is in serious jeopardy for his 7-6 and six squad. Former Steelers great Ben Roethlisberger didn't hold back. Speaking on the state of the Steel City, Big Ben. Maybe the, the, the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers is, 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 is done. Maybe it needs to be formed a new kind of way. I don't know. Like, who's, who's grabbing someone by the face mask and being like, uh-uh? Yeah. That's not, no, that's not, not what, what we doing. do. That's not yeah. what we do. Um, is that happening? You have guys on defense doing it, but you need guys on both sides of the ball doing it. You need someone to stand up in that room on offense mm-hmm. and be like, hey, this, 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 isn't, this isn't what it means to wear the black and gold. Steelers fan to my right. Mm, big time Steelers fan. Big time. Let's go. Yeah. Talk to me. Pretty ticked off at what I just heard from him. Really? But it's not because he's wrong. He's right. But Big Ben Roethlisberger, my brother, that two-time Super Bowl champion, that three appearances to the Super Bowl, that guy in his first seven seasons, three appearances to the Super Bowl, obviously won twice. But in his last 11 seasons, zero Super Bowl appearances, one AFC, AFC championship game appearance, and a 3-7 and seven playoff record. And by the way, the last four years in the league, he didn't win one, play, one single playoff game. Your hands ain't clean in all of this. Now, for him to be Big Ben Roethlisberger, it's not just about the 64,000 yards passing and the two Super Bowls. It's the cachet it brings, Jeff Sad. I'm talking directly to you. <laughs> Bring you know, it. Okay, you said the man that played with Peyton Manning, that played with Aaron Rodgers. You know yeah. a thing or two about playing with champions at the quarterback spot. Aren't you somewhat responsible for the transitioning as it pertains to culture, particularly when Mike Tomlin was there and you're there. You stayed too long. Last three years in the league, Ben Brossesberger should have been gone. You were a statue. I don't care what anybody said. Now, obviously, we see, even as a statue, he's better than what the Steelers have had to offer right. since then. And I understand that it's not his responsibility to go out there and evaluate players and pick the guys, you know, and draft them. That was, that was COVID at one time, and now you've got, you, you've got Tomlin in the crew. I'm just saying, if you're Big Ben Roethlisberger, I thought you stayed a couple of years too long, and I thought you sort of curtailed or stymied the transition so the error would continue. Offensively, I'm talking about. I don't think he did enough. I thought he stayed around too long, and I didn't think that he was a person that should have been around. And because he was being around, the offense was dissipating before our very eyes year after year after year. And as a result, we sort of grew accustomed to it because we're going to rely on this defense, and lo lo and behold, now you can't. You got leaders in that locker room. T.J. Watt's a leader. Micah Fitzpatrick is a leader. Cameron Haywood is a leader. Don't tell me they ain't leaders. They just ain't on the offensive side of the ball. That's right. Okay? On the offensive side of the ball, Ben Roethlisberger, you had a voice in that locker room. You have a voice with that franchise. Where you been? You know what? You could could have helped. He wasn't because he was too busy thinking about sticking around even though he knew it was time for him to go. He was there too long. But he's also right over here. He's also the same guy who screamed and yelled about Matt Canada that we have to get rid oh, of him. Yeah, he, he needs to go. Oh, hold on he's now. Hard, That's offense hard. is horrible. I yes, mean, all of them are. You he's can bad. bring Walsh in there. They don't have an offense. <laughs> right. What's the matter? You killed them. Yes. Week after week. I meant it. I meant it. 
Wait, did I stutter? I'm not, I, don't, I don't see myself regretting But that's not been a solution, has it? What has been the solution? You said you were going to fire Canada and we'll have a big offense again. I did not say we'd have a big offense again. I said he needed to go. <laughs> That's what I said. I didn't know if it could be helped. It was so – I thought it was irreparably harmed. Did I not? Did I not say that? You're trying to tell me that it I thought – process of elimination. He thought, let's eliminate him. Maybe it'll get better. It didn't work out. And now it's we not. realize it's – And now he wants to kill Roethlisberger. Say what? Now you want to kill Roethlisberger. Well, he's got an I'm issue with Roethlisberger because he I'm felt like he played too long. Right. He it's all long. personal. All right, let me, let me say this. Sure, Jeffrey. Every quarterback, a franchise quarterback, stays too long. Okay. 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 That, so, so whether it yeah. was Peyton Manning in Denver and people were like, well, they were trying to get rid of him, they still won the Super Bowl, whether it was Aaron Rodgers, should he have moved on from there before? Every great one, because the organization is knows what they have in those franchise guys. Whether you love Roethlisberger or, or hate Roethlisberger or don't think he should have been there, what the tradition that he understood and carried in that locker room was a heavy weight. And so when guys would come in the locker room, whether he was performing his best or was not, it was elevating the guys around him because there is a cachet. There is a reputation that players want to go be with that type of player. Roethlisberger is speaking truth. I think the timing of it is probably not the best, right? When they're struggling, the first time they may have a losing season, all the piling on is not helping right now. But he is right in the fact that it seems that every Every offensive player, whether it was Johnson at one point, whether it's Pickens at one point, I think even Najee Harris jumped in one time, like the players going out to the public instead of handling business internally has been something that Tomlin has never had to deal with because his locker room was so strong. That is the and, – and so, so my issue with Roethlisberger right now, I think what he's speaking is 100% truth. Okay. I think he's cutting Tomlin inadvertently. This is not – you're tr- because this is what – and I feel the same way, right? As a player, you're talking to players, but everybody associates it that you're talking to the head coach because you think the head coach sets the culture. I'm here to tell you that is not the case. They can put in – the coaches can try to put in a culture. Tom Brady put the culture in – in New England, okay? But, like, Bill Belichick is a an, – an, an, he's the best coach to ever do it. But you have to have the guys in the like, – Peyton Manning set the culture in our locker room. That was holding coaches accountable, players accountable. Roethlisberger did the same thing in Pittsburgh. He would set the culture. And so, he's talking to the players about having some accountability. Hey, man, drop them. Like, act like a freak. Act like you're supposed to as a Pittsburgh Steeler. But everybody takes that and applies it to Tomlin. It's out of Tomlin's hands because if you don't have that leadership in the locker room, everybody's looking for the coach and, to clear it, that's, and you can't. But that's why I'm saying what I'm saying about Ben because Ben has the cachet that he could have influenced leadership in the locker room. Yeah, but Even once you leave, you can't. Okay. You can't because, because the listen, every new if, player if thinks they can do it, but right? I will tell you this. When you have players going off, why? Because football's a business. And you see how anemic the offense is. You know sure. that's going to hurt Cats' wallets. Right. If you're Najee Harris, if you're a Pickens, if you're Deontay Johnson, uh, if you're Friar Moose for crying out loud, whoever the yeah. hell you are, it's going to affect you. If your offense is that anemic, obviously you ain't trying to come back next year with the same problem, right? Sure. So everybody, their jobs and their futures on the line, and they're looking at it and they're saying, wait a minute now. We're sitting up there taking all of this heat. You gave us probably a bad offensive coordinator. Right. We don't know what we've yeah. got with us right now. 
now. And then on top of it all, you got a veteran, a, a, a guy that's retired as a Hall of Famer who's around. Yeah. You, you do kind of wonder if before he departed, could you have done something, build something. to build something yeah. for when you were gone? Uh, you mentioned Belichick, though. We got some interesting sound from him about his future. We'll get into Ooh, that a little I'm later. Ready. Can't wait to get your reaction. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Let's get it. The Giants made three offers to Shohei Otani, including a final proposal that president of baseball operations Farhan Zahidi called very comparable, if not identical. That's a quote, folks, uh, to the 700 million record he got 10 year contract that Otani agreed to with the rival Dodgers. Mad Dog. Well, first off, Otani's not going to go to San Francisco because the Giants can't win. See, he went to L.A. because give Otani credit for one thing. He's lost for six years in a row with the Angels. He wants to win. And he knows every year the Dodgers win 100 games with or without Otani. So he knows every year he's going to have a chance to be in the postseason. He doesn't know that with San Francisco. So that's why he didn't go there. He wasn't going to go there. And the Giants, you know, can't give away their money right now. Judge didn't want it. Stanton didn't want it. Uh, they blew off the deal with uh, Correa. So the Giants got the Korean outfielder. We shall see. As far as Otani is concerned, quickly, listen, to me, the Dodgers issue is not another DH. He's not going to pitch next year. They gave him $700 million. They have more money than God. And he's. we all know how good he is. And he opens up that market for him in, in Japan, which is important. But as far as winning championships, there's no guarantee he's going to help him do that. No. Now, one other thing to be fair. A lot of people thought that that $680 million deferred money yeah. was going to be a situation where the Dodgers were circumventing the luxury tax. They are not because it's a $46 million tax hit for them this year. So the Dodgers did not manipulate anything to get under the salary. You know, they don't want to pay the salary tax. They don't want to pay that luxury so tax. So what was item. the point of it then? Uh, the point of it is uh, he probably saved them 5 or $6 million a year with the luxury tax. He makes $45 million a year as far as the outside endorsements are yes. concerned. Stephen A kind of money. So as a result, I that wish. Stamp, I wish you said he makes 45 well, outside, outside of? 45 million. 45 outside million. of this. Outside yes. of playing baseball. Yes. Absolutely, without That's question. Right. That Asian contingent, contingent for him oh, is not going anywhere. I mean, he, listen, he'll pay for himself in the Los Angeles market, and I don't knock him one bit. I don't knock anybody for picking Los Angeles over San Francisco. Let's be clear. The weather alone I don't disagree. does it, okay? No. Please. And I, the not, Dodgers not, could win. He likes, not, he likes warm weather, yeah. and the Dodgers could win. Yes, and this is with him without him pitching next season. But remember, they won 100 games last year. They won 100 games the year before. 
How many more games are they going to win? That's true. But they got to win in October. All right. But and they, he's not going to pitch. But they're a few years okay. removed from winning a, a, a World Cup. In a shortened year okay, with the okay, pandemic. All right. So they, now they got to come back. But once he's pitching and hitting, I do think that it elevates their chances. Mm. I don't think you can deny that. He's coming off a second Tommy John, Stevie. Right, that's fair. Right. That's so according to Mad Dog, he makes $115 million a year, if my math is right. Yeah. Wow. What now? 115 million. 115 million. 45 plus. Yeah, well, he's not going to make it because he's got he deferred yeah, yeah, all the yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Molly, essentially, Molly's good at math. Molly's yeah. good at math. I guess. Yeah. Lots of zeros there with Molly, right? How about that? What is happening? Lots I'm of just zeros. trying to live and do my job.